What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. I'm going to start by apologizing about my voice this week. I am fighting off a cold, but no cold is going to stop me from delivering the podcast that you guys want to hear. In this episode, I'm going to talk about week two of the Buffalo Bills preseason, let you know what I thought about it. I also want to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones and how they fared in their first two weeks of the preseason. So stick around, we're going to have some fun. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, we're going to start this podcast off, as we always do, with some top stories from around sports. In the NFL, the NFL has reinstated New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon on a conditional basis. Gordon is eligible to rejoin the Patriots on August 19th and will also be eligible to play in the regular season. Also in the NHL or NFL, I beg your pardon, as negotiations continue between the NFL and NFLPA, the NFLPA issues a work stoppage guide to help prepare for a potential strike following the 2020 season. Also in the NFL, the New York Jets linebacker Avery Williamson will have season-ending surgery after tearing the ACL in his right knee on Thursday. Also, more drama surrounding the Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown as he is now facing a civil lawsuit that alleges he stiffed a chef's bill of nearly $40,000 during the Pro Bowl festivities in 2018. Moving on in the NHL, a trade occurred as the New or the Detroit Red Wings acquire forward Adam Earn from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2020. In NCAA football, high-profile transfer and QB1 star quarterback Tate Martell loses the battle at Miami University to become the starting quarterback. As you all know, Martell transferred after another star quarterback, Justin Fields, transferred to Ohio from Georgia after Fields lost or was not given an opportunity at the starting job um, because Jake Fromm had been playing so well. That's going to do it for the top stories in this week's podcast. As I stated earlier, you guys should stick around. We're going to talk about week two of the Buffalo Bills preseason. This is going to be a good one. All right, welcome to episode 29, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump right into things and talk about week two, I'm sorry, week two of the preseason for the Buffalo Bills. Another game, another preseason game, another win for the Buffalo Bills. The final score, 27-14 over the Carolina Panthers. In this game, however, Cam Newton did not play at all. But let's talk about Josh Allen. 
If you've listened to my podcast, you know that I was a critic of Josh Allen earlier in this podcast. I was also a critic of him midway through this podcast. And I'm still kind of a critic of Josh Allen, but I got to tell you what, one game at a time, one drive at a time, one throw at a time, this kid is changing my mind, and I think we may have finally, finally found our QB of the future here in Buffalo. Thank the Lord. If he continues to play like this and look this good in the regular season, we will finally have solidified the quarterback position here in Buffalo the first time since Jim Kelly retired. My goodness, how great that would feel, especially on uh, the back end of Tom Brady's career. So we wouldn't really have to worry about too many more years of Tom Brady being in uh, our division. The division would be up for grabs, and the Buffalo Bills seem primed to be able to take over the throne once Tom Brady leaves and the Patriots fall off. In this game, Josh Allen threw for, uh, he was 9 of 11 for 102 yards, and uh, I don't know how many rushing yards, but 9 of 11. I have to tell you, he looked very strong and very in control of the offense throughout this game. Now, Josh Allen played in two drives, both of them scoring drives. The first one was a field goal by Hauschka, a 30-yard field goal, and the second one was a rushing touchdown by LaShawn McCoy. But I have to tell you, Josh Allen looked good. He didn't look good. He looked great. Just two incompletions. He looked every bit as accurate as anyone in the NFL in this game. He was floating passes over the top with some touch. He was zipping some passes in there. And a big thing in this game is he wasn't holding on to the ball too long. He was taking what the defense gave him. And that was a big thing coming into the season is will Josh Allen be able to take what the defense gives him? Will he be able to check it down and throw it to Cole Beasley, who I'll talk about in a little bit. Another thing I wanted to talk about a little bit also, aside from the fact that Josh Allen had a, an absolutely stupendous game, uh, is the fact that the O-line looked to struggle a little bit more. Obviously, Ty and Sucky was not in there. Uh, Mitch Morris has yet to play in the preseason, and I don't think he will play in the preseason at this point, especially after the Bills made him the highest paid center in the NFL. And with his history of concussions, I just, I very much doubt that if he's ready to play, that he'll play at all. I think that they'll get their reps in practice and that uh, Sean McDermott will feel comfortable starting him in the game in week one. Like I said, the O-line seemed to struggle a little bit. Josh Allen and, and the running backs seem to not necessarily have all the time that they wanted um, like they did in the first game. But I have to tell you, even though the offensive line struggled, they are still leaps and bounds, at least in the, at least in the passing game, ahead of where they were last year. Leaps and bounds ahead. I also wanted to bring up a little bit about Cole Beasley. Now, I heard it over and over and over again. Cole Beasley is going to be great. He's he's this, he's that. He's, you know, and he played in Dallas. And I didn't get a whole lot of chance to watch Cole Beasley play in Dallas. But I got to tell you, everyone's saying that he's going to have a very good year in Buffalo. I think they're right. 
I really, really think they're right. In this offense, it looks like Cole Beasley is going to be given something, I'm going to guess somewhere between 75 and 100 targets this year. That's going to be my bet. And I think he's going to have, in the passing game, a, a very prominent role. He gets open so well underneath. And that is something that the Bills lacked last year for Josh Allen. Allen didn't have that security blanket like he had had in this game. Beasley had five catches and two drives for 44 yards, including a a first down, a couple of first downs, something like that. He was Allen's security blanket, and he get he it was it was effortless for him to get open and for Josh Allen to deliver him the ball in space with some well with some timing and, and let Cole Beasley. Uh, do the rest of the work. Somebody else who actually looked really good in this in this game caught my eye was Tommy Sweeney, the tight end, seventh round pick in this past draft. Now they said that he was having uh, a pretty good camp and that uh, Kroom was in danger of potentially not making the team. And if Sweeney keeps playing like this, I think that he takes Kroom's spot. I really do. He looked very, very good with the first-team offense. He had two catches, two big catches, one of which he ran up the seam. Uh, Josh Allen delivered a perfect uh, ball with some zip on it up the seam, right where it needed to be for Sweeney. Sweeney makes the catch, almost gets into the end zone. And then there's another play where I talked about Josh Allen having some touch. Sweeney running towards the sideline. Allen is able to drop it up over the defender and drop it in the bucket right to Sweeney on the money. Also in this game, Singletary. Singletary is changing my mind, much like Josh Allen. I was not a fan of the Devin Singletary pick in the third round. I thought the Bills had a lot of other needs that they needed to address, especially at the wide receiver position. But he is showing that he can not only run the ball, effectively and efficiently, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield and be a very dangerous receiver. And what would the preseason be without another absolutely stunningly exciting play from Christian Wade? Christian Wade caught a pass that was a little bit behind him from Tyree Jackson, spins around, makes a move, makes one guy miss, Looks like he's going to get tackled. He's surrounded by three Carolina Panthers and somehow squeaks through, breaks all three of their tackles, and he's off to the races. Now, I think if he had a little bit more football IQ, he probably would have been able to get himself into the end zone. But nevertheless, an absolutely great catch and an absolutely great run after the catch from Christian Wade. It is really a shame that Buffalo is so stacked at the running back position. From McCoy to Gore to Yeldon to Singletary to Wade to even Marcus Murphy, the Bills have a plethora of running backs, and that's going to make it very difficult for a guy like Christian Wade to make this team. But with the very limited amount of touches that he has had in the first two games, I believe he's had four touches total, He's already ripped off two monster plays. He is really making a case for himself to take one of the other running backs roster spots 
this upcoming season. Something to look at coming up in this season is, I mean, potentially the Bills looking for a new kicker. Maybe. Hauschka struggled in his first game, missing a, a field goal, a relatively easy field goal. And then he struggled in this game. He was one of two on field goals. He did, however, hit every single uh, PAT that, that the Bills had. But he was one of two on field goals. He made a 30-yard field goal. And then he missed a 48-yard field goal. And with the struggles that he has he had at the end of last year, kind of creeping into this year, that is something that I think the Bills really need to pay attention to and 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 really keep their thumb on to make sure that this thing doesn't spiral out of control, to make sure that they potentially have a backup plan in case Hauschka some, can't snap out of whatever he got himself into at the end of last year. I also want to talk about the defense. Of course, like I said last week, with uh, Frazier and McDermott as the coaches, as, as very good defensive coaches on this team, Leslie Frazier, of course, being the defensive coordinator, McDermott being the head coach. This defense is going to be good. I just think this defense is going to stay good. I think it's going to stay top five in the NFL. Now, the Bills in this one, they uh, in the past, they had a little trouble getting to the quarterback. But I think in this one, the more I, I, I wrote down originally that they struggled to get to the quarterback because it looked like uh, Carolina's quarterback, uh, Allen, I believe his name his name was, was able to stand in a nice clean pocket and deliver the ball downfield on the, on many occasions. But the more I watched and, and the more I really paid attention, the more I seen that, you know, these guys were in the lap of the quarterback on a lot of plays. They didn't necessarily all lead to sacks, but they did help disturb the throws enough to where some of these throws uh, were incomplete or or were able to be batted down. Uh, a play that really stuck out to me was a fourth down play in the regular season. I know that they're, the Panthers are not going to go for it. They're going to kick the field goal in this situation, but nevertheless, it was a fantastic play. Trent Murphy, who's a guy I said in a, in a uh, different podcast uh, with my buddy Mark, uh, Nickel City Sportscast, I said that he was a guy that I thought you, you should uh, look out for. I think Trent Murphy has a lot to play for this year, and I think that he is 100% healthy. Trent Murphy, coming off against the right tackle, has a beautiful spin move. I don't even know. I don't even know if the right tackle touched him. And then he was able to get in and sack the quarterback and cause a turnover on downs. That was just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful move by Trent Murphy. And I, I felt like it really needed um, some special attention. If you can find it, go back and look at it. It was it was a great move. Somebody else that stuck out to me on the defensive side of the ball was Levi Wallace. Now, Levi Wallace had a very strong game. They threw at him a couple of times. Of course, one time he, you know, he gave up a catch, but, you know, it happens in the NFL, especially with the rules nowadays. He gives up one catch, but he defend he defended multiple passes in this game and he was in very good position for both passes. One of the passes that he did defend was down near the goal line. The receiver got both hands on the ball and Levi Wallace was able to reach up and rip the defender's hand away, causing the the play to be incomplete. Wallace did also have a tackle in this game. 
making a strong case for him to at, at least you know be higher up on the depth chart. As I said before, the defense looked strong from starters all the way down to substitutes. It looked like they could roll pretty much anybody out there and that they were able to get the job done. Buffalo allowed just 14 points in this game. Just 14 points. If the Bills can hold opponents, in my opinion, to 21 or less in this upcoming season, they're going to have an unbelievably good chance to win, as I think the offense is going to be tremendously better. I think they're going to be the top half of the... I think they're actually going to be the top half in the top half in terms of offense um, this year in the NFL, especially after watching the first couple of games. They just they, they have a lot of weapons, and you can't really key necessarily key in on one guy. So it's going to make it very difficult for the defenses to really stop the offense of the Buffalo Bills. Especially, man, especially if Allen is dropping dimes like he was in this game. He, man, he looked, he looked like a seventh overall pick. He really did. And I got to say, man, it was, it was really nice to watch. It was really, really nice to watch. As a guy who was incredibly skeptical, as somebody who had his night ruined at work, as somebody who talked a whole lot of garbage about how much he did not want Josh Allen, I have to tell you, it is beautiful to be proven wrong. I couldn't be happier to be wrong than I am right now. And I hope that he continues to prove me wrong and everyone else wrong every single week. I couldn't be happier to be wrong. I really couldn't. With all that said, it was a another very solid preseason game for the Buffalo Bills, one in which multiple guys showed um, showed very, very well. Now, I know this is a sports talk. Buffalo is a Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres and, and, all, and, and UB Bulls and all things Buffalo sports, but... I wanted to take a little time out and I wanted to talk about the number one overall draft pick in this last year's draft, which was Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I want to say that he was um, said that he was going to be this this amazing, uh, unbelievable, stupendous, fantastic quarterback. And I got to say in the first two weeks of the preseason, I don't see it. I don't see it. I just don't. And maybe it's Cliff Kingsbury, not necessarily opening up the playbook and and running kind of running wild with with um Kyler Murray but Murray the thing is Baker Mayfield doesn't look small when you put him out on the field Russell Wilson doesn't look small when you put him out on the field Kyler Murray looks small and not saying that that's necessarily going to hinder him in any way as he's been playing quarterback his whole life at you know being small but he just didn't, he didn't look right. He didn't fit. He didn't look the part, in my opinion. In week one, he looked solid. I'm not going to say he looked great. He was six of seven for 44 yards. It's not world beater. It's not world beater. He had a lot of short throws, a lot of easier completions. And, you know, they, they did their best to get the ball out of his hands quick. And I think that if you watch, he didn't, you know, he didn't really have to run around too much and, and do a whole lot of, uh, you know, improvising. Now, when it came to week two and they got some pressure in his face, and I think he really found out how fast the guys in the NFL were. I really do. 
Now, we didn't know how fast Murray was because he did not go to the combine and he did not run a 40-yard dash. So we don't we don't really know how fast he is. You can just kind of gauge you could just kind of gauge on paper how fast he was uh, at college. But going into the NFL, if you watch some of the the game tape, all you have to do is type in uh, to YouTube Kyler Murray preseason. You can watch the first two uh, preseason games, every throw and every run. He doesn't look nearly as fast. Not like Lamar uh, Jackson. Lamar Jackson looks every bit as fast as he did in college. He looks every bit as, as, as electric as he did in college, running the ball and carrying the ball. Kyler Murray doesn't. He just doesn't. He looks he looks slow, and his arm doesn't pop like it did in college. I'm not saying he's got a weak arm, so don't misconstrue me and, and think that I'm saying he has a weak arm. He doesn't necessarily have a weak arm. But in week two, when they told, you know, they had him throw it deep a couple times, or at least when he decided to throw it deep a couple times, he missed his target. He missed two long throws by overthrowing his guy. He didn't put enough, I don't know if he didn't put enough air on it, or maybe he just misfired completely. But he didn't, he just didn't look comfortable in, in week two of the preseason. He was just three of eight for 12 yards and one rush for four yards. Like I said, the linemen in the NFL are just as fast, if not faster, than the quarterbacks here. You're not playing against another team in college who might have one or two pros. You're playing against a team full of pros. And I think at least in the first two weeks of this preseason that they're making Kyler Murray look average. Now, another person who was kind of polarized in this past draft for different reasons, people said that they they drafted him too high that he wasn't worth the pick where he got picked, was Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants. Now, in week one, he had a heck of a debut. He came out, he went 5 for 5, 67 yards and a touchdown. And I got to tell you, that touchdown was just mwah. It was beautiful. It was a very beautifully placed touch pass in the back corner of the end zone to his right side to his receiver in a spot where only his receiver could catch it. Now that was, and in that game, he made all sorts of throws. I mean, in just the, in just the five throws that he made, he made short throws. He made medium throws. He made long throws. He threw the ball, he threw the ball with power. He threw the ball with finesse. He seems like he has the arm to make all the throws and he looked very comfortable in the pocket. He looked very solid in the pocket. He looked the part. He looked like an NFL quarterback. And he played like an NFL quarterback. Now, again, it's only preseason. I don't want think I don't want people to think I'm jumping the gun because Nathan Peterman looked like an NFL quarterback, and everyone in Buffalo knows how that turned out. Again. And then you come back and let's just say we well, let's move forward. He went to week two. And Daniel Jones again. Stands in the pocket in the face of pressure, delivers the ball downfield, doesn't panic, doesn't get happy feet, and and delivers accurate passes with with touch or zip or whatever he needs on the ball. He, I really believe he's going to, if he keeps playing like this, I'll say this, if he keeps playing like this, if he keeps this up, Eli Manning is going to have a very short leash this year, I think. Eli Manning, if he starts to struggle in week three, week four, maybe week five, 
If he is struggling, I think you see Daniel Jones. I really do. I think the the Daniel Jones era starts if Eli Manning plays the way he's played the last couple of years. Now, that being said, with true legitimate competition behind Eli Manning, that might force Eli to bring his game to another level, a level in which Daniel Jones does not surpass him this year. A level that you probably, a lot of people probably haven't seen since Eli won the Super Bowl. But again, going back to Daniel Jones, I think that Daniel Jones is going to be a very, very solid quarterback. And I think just based on watching him and and the way he looks in the pocket and the way he throws the ball, I think that Dave Gettleman, even though a lot of people made fun of the GM for the New York Giants for picking him or picking Daniel Jones where they did, he's seen the guy he wanted. He took a risk in the face of all of the, the, the criticism and the laughing and the what are you doing Gettleman's in the face of all of his fans that if you go online, you could probably see tons of compilations of them losing their minds when they pick Daniel Jones. But he, he said, this is my quarterback. I'm not going to risk him being taken by another team, another quarterback needy team. He took him where he took him. And I got to tell you right now, he's looking like a genius. He's looking like he saw him and his staff saw something that a lot of other people didn't see. And that is a potential future, I don't want to say star, because I don't necessarily know if I see a star in Daniel Jones, but I see a legitimate NFL starting quarterback. But that's all I really wanted to talk about this week. I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends and tell your family. Get the podcast out there. Let's keep this thing growing and the momentum rolling. Let them know they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, on my homepage on Anchor. Also on Anchor, I wanted to let everybody know that if you want to get involved in the show, leave me a voice message. You can do it right over the computer. You can leave me a voice message that I could potentially use in the show. If you want to ask me a question or or anything like that, feel free. And if I get some good questions, I, I will potentially be able to do a whole segment about just the questions that you, uh, the fans, might have for me. But again, I just want to thank everybody for listening this week. Remember to follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. You can also email me if you want at SportstalkBuffalo uh, at Yahoo.com. Uh, that's all I got for you guys this week. Have a good one.